0: Hey everybody, Jeremy here. Um, just want to make a quick header on this episode. We lost connectivity and spent about an hour and a half trying to figure out how to record this. We eventually did it by telephone, but it uh, it sounds a little rough. So I want to thank everybody for sticking in. Apologize for the noise. It is a fun episode though, so please stick around and enjoy season six, episode three of Bell to Bell with Bobby Blaze as we talk about gorgeous Gino Hernandez. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to Bell the Bell with Bobby. i know' Professor Jeremy Gomer <laughs> and joining us now, the star of the show, Bobby Blaze. What's happening, Bobby?
1: All right, all right, all right. I'm going to tell you what's happening, man. I just finished up reading Matthew McConaughey's book called Green Lights, and we're hoping to catch a bunch of green lights for about the next hour or so, so we can come and do this podcast, Jeremy, because it's windy as fuck in Kentucky. And we've been trying to do this for an hour and a half now, right?
0: Yes, yes we have. <laughs> tell,
1: tell them why we may sound a bit funny. <laughs> uh,
0: we are recording on telephones right now, but that is also with bad weather and technology that we don't know real well. So, <laughs> this, to borrow a phrase from my friend and uh, broadcast partner there, this thing's more fucked up than a can of fishing worms. Yeah, well, we've got a good program lined up,
1: and we've been looking forward to this because it should be a fun one. So at least we haven't let this uh, fuck with us too much that we're getting in a bad mood or anything. uh, Exactly. With the, uh, we're just going to go through it. We're going to catch green lights, man. We're going to think positive because we got a good subject this week. Um, I'll let you introduce the subject. The way we've done it though we went with Gary Hart, then went the state of Texas, and today who are we going with?
0: Well, we are going with. Gorgeous Gino Hernandez.
1: Yes, there's some method to the madness on this podcast. So if you haven't listened, go back and listen to the Gary Hart interview a couple of weeks back. Then we did the Great State of Texas, and now we're doing one of the all time great heels. Uh, we're doing a special on Gino from that territory. So mm-hmm. this is episode, uh, this is season six, of course, episode three. And um, tell them who's bringing this to us. If when you hear the wind in the background, Jay, who's Absolute. bringing this uh to, this private internet access? Tell them, and we'll get started before we get the electrocutor or something. I'm That's out here right. to poll like Hooterville, man.
0: What's her name, Sarah? Tell, tell Sarah to make sure the line doesn't go down.
1: Um there you yeah, go.
0: this Yeah, this episode is brought to you by Private Internet Access, a virtual private network, of VPN, so to speak. Um, they hide your, uh, let's see, your IP address, your data is encrypted. Um, you know, I had a script set up for this, but with everything <laughs> else that's gone wrong, basically, you sign up for two years, you get a 30-day money-back guarantee, so it's risk-free for 30 days. You get two months for free, and it's less than 3 bucks a month. Uh, runs on just about every operating system, and you can do 10 devices simultaneously. I've used them for eight years now. Uh, if you are interested in trying out private internet access, go to tinyurl.com slash blazepia. All right, Bobby. I hate to rush through all something right. like that, but gee, will it? It's can. okay. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's all right, man. We're going to have a good show. We have a yep. good show, man.
0: Um, um, I know we got a couple of notes to clear out of the way first. Go ahead and start us off there. All right. I know you got one note you want to bring up. Yeah, so first, I had as always assumed Hacksaw Jim Duggan had come from Cowboy Bill Watts, uh, but Adam let us know that it was actually Fritz who brought, uh, Hacksaw in. Yeah, that's right.
1: I forgot. He played for SMU down here in Texas, uh, uh Southern Methodist University, and I guess Fritz did too, and that was a connection, and Fritz broke him in and trained him. So, mm-hmm. um thank you, Adam. We appreciate that. Uh, speaking of which, if you ever want to get a hold of us, guys, just hit us up on Twitter. Let me get this out of the way right now. Hit the professor there up at the Geekest. cast. Hit me up at BobbyBlaze744. Hit the joint account up like Adam did at Bell to Bell Blaze. All those available on Twitter. And also there is a Facebook group called Bell to Bell Blaze as well. Uh, go over there and join that and, and, and engage in some good conversation there too as well. Or answer, uh, like today, I think we'll have some questions at the end of the program. Maybe some fans will uh, be interested in and uh, have some information we don't have. But we have quite a bit of information and today's a lot is going to be just have some good fun with it. And um we're not doing a um I'm gonna start us off, I guess, just just you know, we're gonna have a fun show, man. I got a couple of uh other little things to talk about. You got anything else, Professor, before we get started? Um
0: I do not. Did you have a couple shout outs? Yeah, well, I wanted to bring up
1: one thing, man, just to let people know. Uh man, if you didn't watch it, go back and catch. I caught it the other day. a w Brandy cut one of the fucking greatest promos ever, man. Brandy Rhodes cut a promo on a bitch like you would not believe. It was killer. I woke up, I guess it was uh, Thursday morning, I saw it. Um, I wasn't watching the program. I just was on my feed, and I was like, holy shit, I got to see this. So I went back and replayed it a couple more times. And then, of course, since then, uh, a couple other podcasts uh, I've listened to, they really put over her promo. It, it's pretty damn good. Um Whether you're an AEW fan or not, doesn't matter. Um whether you're a Brandy fan or not, uh, it doesn't matter. Just go check his promo out. She fucking kills it, man. It's that good. I'm just telling you, it's that good.
0: All right. So, so I didn't catch it. So I'm going to have to go back and Google that. Uh, um, yeah. And then let's see, was there, there's something going on with FTC in your neck of the woods here pretty soon, yes. right? Yeah, so, yes. Yes. Giving a shot to FTC.
1: Um, the fail to conform pro wrestling. Doing to have the art of wrestling. Art of Grappling School of Wrestling coming in a month of December. Uh, Jillian Hall is going to be there as well as myself. I'm uh, not sure the exact days I will be there. Uh, that will be weather, depending, and also the COVID, depending, going out there. Um, but uh want to give Big Joe a shout-out. I am going to be a part of that. I just don't know uh, how soon I will be a part, but um, it's looking really good, man. I've seen the ring. I've seen some of the exercise equipment, and I know it will be top-notch because FTC does everything first-class. Uh they've always treated me really good and um I'm really looking forward to it. And I'm, I'm from what I hear Jillian is too. I haven't spoken to her for a couple months now, but but via Joe, uh um Joe the uh the wrestling promoter would we'll just call him. Um he'll catch that. <laughs> the wrestling agent, Joe. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> the wrestling agent. What we'll is called Joe the Wrestling Agent, just the no rib there. Uh so I want to give them a shout out, um just while I was thinking about it. Um the only other one I wanted to give out was uh um I'm going to change it up on you, man. Um, let's go with, uh, no shave November. I don't know how many chicks we got out there listening to this program, but if you're one of them chicks that's not shaving your coochiest month, I don't even think we got any female listeners. I do think we have two actually, but if you're <laughs> one of them, uh, and you're doing a no shave November, you know, send a brother some DMs, you know, hit me up. No dick pics, motherfuckers.
0: <laughs> oh, well, okay. I got to hit delete. Just saying. Bobby, Bobby, don't, don't, don't look at my last DM.
1: Okay, just saying, but no, just having fun with that. Um, because go check out my girl um, page, uh, Black Dahlia. <laughs> Black Dahlia. Dahlia. Shit, forty-seven uh, at her OnlyFans account. Apparently, she's killing it over there, man. I'm really happy for her. Uh, help me pronounce that again, Jeremy. As, um, Black, Dahlia, Black Dahlia. Up.
0: Black Dahlia. Black Dahlia.
1: Yes, I know her as Paige, Black Dahlia. Onlyfans.com, Black Dahlia at 47. Check her out, man. Uh, she's, she's got some very, she's a very beautiful girl. I've got some, uh, a couple of nice pictures of her, just from wrestling promotional type pictures. But apparently her OnlyFans is up in the uh, top 2%. And if you like that kind of stuff, go check her out. Um, I'm pretty sure she's well shaved and smooth. Uh, just, uh, not that I've seen everything cause I haven't. Um, you know, and we're just good friends and I always try to help her out any way I can. And also, my main man, Casey King out there, he's doing his thing. Uh, go to ProWrestlingTees.com slash Casey King and pick you up some Casey King, uh, the Appalachian Dream, pick up some merchandise from him, man. Uh, these are his personal favors, Um do it for a couple friends, and again, uh, I'm looking forward to it when it does happen, to getting over there at the AEW at the Art of Grappler School of Wrestling and being a part of that. So, uh, thank you very much. Hit me up DMs if you need to or hit the FTC site up. It's all on air. Um, and it's more available on Facebook. That's where I was sent the information from, uh, screenshot it to me. That's the only reason
0: I knew what the fuck I was talking about. So that's that man. Um, I'm ready to go. All right. Well, so this week we are <laughs> talking about gorgeous Geno Hernandez, the handsome half breed. Uh, yeah, A man whose life was lived to the fullest. And his life and death are both surrounded by mystery, rumor, and innuendo. Um, well, let's start with, guys, you know how we do this. We have a list that's numbered, but it's really just a way to start the conversation. Number 10, persistent rumors. So there's a yeah. lot of persistent rumors to cover, <laughs> cover about Gino here. Uh, let's start with, uh, number one. Gino was born, I believe it was Charles. Eugene Wolf but nobody really knew his dad uh people knew his adopted stepfather um I'm sorry what was his name again Luis uh, Hernandez?
1: uh Luis Hernandez he wrestled as El um and he adopted Gino at a young age uh and for the record um I guess El L-Medic, uh Medico, he uh, had a heart attack in Japan and a wrestling ring in Japan I didn't know that but that was Gino's stepfather and that's who um that's who he took his name from um, yep. even though he was adopted, we didn't know you know who his, who his father was, which leads us to believe that it could have been Paul Bosch. Is that correct?
0: right? There are lots of rumors out there, and at least one Pritchard has said he wouldn't be surprised by it, and that was the rumor he had heard um and yeah. somebody else was told that Gino's mom was a cleaning lady that Paul Bosch was having an affair with now. Again, oh, okay. we're talking about shit from like nineteen fifty at this point, and you know, yeah. there's no no way to prove, deny any of it. Um, you know, and I tend yeah. not to buy conspiracy theories, but one of the persistent rumors about Gino his whole life, including his time in wrestling, was that he was Paul Bosch's son, and if you go and read Gary Hart's book and you hear about how close the relationship between Paul and Gino was, it sounds like there could be something to it.
1: Yeah, Uh, but I'm going to go with um, um, just, you know, you know what, who cares at this point, you know what I'm Mm -hmm. saying, it it, it doesn't really matter, um, because we're going to talk about his legacy and what a tremendous performer he was and why he was so over uh, with the world of professional wrestling, because there's all kinds of things, uh, you know, that that claims of people, you know, with uh, the kids and and, uh, things like that, so um, anyway... The, the same thing with the murder, um, mm-hmm. man, we've heard he's murdered. We've heard he's OD'd. At first, they re- the, the police, when he passed away at the young age of 28 years old, um, you know, they, they said it was a homicide and then later just ruled it as a cocaine overdose. Um, now there's been a lot of speculation, a lot of rumor about that as well. So what is, we, we labeled this, you know, let's just get this shit out of the way now. Yeah. Um, the, um, there's stories that there was cocaine found in the stomach and obviously, you don't eat it, uh from my understanding, you know, but there was uh, some conspiracy theory to that, too, and uh surrounding his death, and, you know, he was hanging around some shady people. He owed people money, blah, blah, blah. Um, You know, I'm just going to take it for what it's worth. It's probably just an accidental overdose, you know. I don't think the man had the intention of killing himself or anything, Uh but as you and I spoke off air last week, <clears throat> I don't think that probably is the best way for a mob hit or someone to kill someone, no. Either. Um,
0: so the, the only
1: thing that the go ahead. I was just going to say uh, the only thing was of all that his door was unlocked and he always locked it supposedly. So that, but I still think well, maybe you know you get messed up and you forget to do something. I don't know.
0: Yeah, Uh so. you know, there's there's rumors that he was paranoid there for a couple of weeks. But let's I'm going to just game something out for the fun of it. Okay, so we yeah, know okay. Gino, We know Gino loved cocaine. And we know he loved to gamble, which is where some of these conspiracy theories come from that he was murdered. The other one is, is that he was running around with some mafioso's daughter. Okay. So let's take all Mm -hmm, three of those. mm -hmm. Let's say all three are true. Let's say he was running around with this dude's daughter, owed him a shit ton of money for gambling and cocaine. Okay. So a dude owes you a whole shit ton of money. So how do you kill him? You stuff, and remember cocaine was fucking expensive in the mid eighties. So you stuff a guy so full of cocaine that it kills him eight times over. <laughs> now, yeah. I, I'm not, I'm not, bullets are cheap, man. Cocaine's expensive. You know, I just, if you're going to kill a dude, that does not seem like the way to go to me. Right. Now, yeah. Right. Uh the, Another so, rumor, right. though. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. No, I was agreeing with you. Yeah. yeah. Another rumor is that Geno faked his death. Who is he, Elvis? Yeah, I know, I was going to say, I don't know why, but okay, you know, that's one. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I had heard that. Yeah. Um, And then Gino suspiciously left wrestling for about a year, never told anybody where he went. There were two things that were floated, that he tried to pursue an acting career and that he tried to open a nightclub. Um, Now, I believe to open a nightclub in Houston, you would have to run around with some um, mafioso types back then. Yeah. Pretty sure. Yeah. So those are... Oh, and of course, there were also allegations that he was either gay or bisexual. Okay? Well, we'll I was going to wait
1: for you to bring that up. Yeah. Um, So here's my thing again. Once again, I don't really care because a lot of quirky things, people's lifestyles and this and that, you know, if that was his deal, no judgment here, man. I don't, you know, but apparently he he did, um, I guess... There was speculation that he was bisexual, that um, he had a special friend. But, but you know what? Again, I'm just taking the high road and saying, you know what? What he done in his private life, that's what he done in his private life. It obviously did not affect his um, ring performance um, in the way he could perform and cut interviews and, and work in the ring.
0: No. And um you know what there's lots of lots of people in i was trying in, to get in, that damn
1: water. Sorry about that. Yeah,
0: no problem. <laughs> lots of lots of people in pro wrestling history have had drug problems, have turned out to be gay later, you know, and especially back then you didn't know. Now it doesn't matter. Plenty of plenty of open yeah. gay people in wrestling now. Um I I really only barely came across that as a rumor, but then it all happened like a whole bunch of places all simultaneously I came across that rumor. Um, I guess That's it started you, with Jake the snake. I guess is the first person who brought it up. Yes. Yeah.
1: I think I got caught that same rabbit hole while I was doing some research on YouTube. Yeah. And I thought it just went from one, two, three. But again, it's one of those things, you know what? I'm not here to judge any other man. You know, hell. No. Um, we're just, uh, we're here to, we're here. Let's do this. Let's put this out there because I started to say the top, stop of the show and I got going on some other things. On these persistent rumors. They're just that. They're rumors. And we're not going to be doing the dark side of the ring with Gino Hernandez. That's not our. We're going to do a celebration of his life. I think we're going to probably end up, you know, calling this one why he was so over. You know, he just over a cat man, and um, we're going to try to bring up the good stuff and and, and keep it at that. That's what we're uh, just kind of. That's why you put that as number ten. Persistent rumors. Let's just get this shit out of the way now. We did. Unless there's something else in that category.
0: Yeah, because all that all that stuff we just discussed. Really doesn't matter. It, 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 exactly. you know, it does not matter. I mean, here's the thing. Gino Hernandez lived fast, died young, and left a good looking corpse. And that was it. There a you go. Yeah. So let's move on to number nine. And we're going to talk about that dastardly yeah. Gino Hernandez <laughs> and his use of the free bird cream on gentleman Chris Adams. Yeah. He blinded Chris Adams with it, man. Blinded him. Uh,
1: Former yeah. partner, right? Yeah. Blinded him with it. Um, so, uh, um, I just said this to, to Jeremy. I, I know he's going to take a little bit deeper. So I just said, I said, Hey, professor, I said, uh, I want to make sure I want to same page here. Did the FBI get involved in this or something? <laughs> and then go ahead and tell them the story there.
0: Yeah. So, okay. So I, I got to talk a little bit about the bad timing of this story is they did right. this angle. They did this angle where Gino blinds Chris Adams. Now, Chris Adams was using this opportunity to go back to the UK. I, think, if I remember right, he had just remarried or just gotten married, mm-hmm. and so he wanted to go spend some time with his wife. Well, at the same time that Chris is taking time off for the blinding angle so he can spend time with his wife is when Gino passes away. So the FBI starts looking into different angles, and they're like, well, hey, how about this guy that Gino blinded, <laughs> blinded in Dallas? And uh, so the FBI contacted Scotland Yard to go look into Chris Adams. Yeah,
1: yes, yeah, and bad timing here. Um, oh,
0: yeah, and it so, led to Bill Mercer and Mark Lawrence having to treat. <laughs> God, this is so tacky. Having to treat Gino's death and Chris's blindness as if they were the same gravity. <laughs> I, just, <laughs> I mean, I, I remember that yeah. hearing that thing. You know, it's uh, you know, Gino Hernandez is dead. And Chris Adams is blind. Oh, <laughs> uh, it's terrible, man. It's terrible. Jesus uh, but,
1: um yeah, anyone that's listening to our podcast, I'm sure they're well aware of that angle and also the things involved in that. That's just some serious bad timing too, man, to be going and taking your new wife to meet your family and spend some time with them. So let's cut this angle. You know, I'm going to get, you know, they, they've got after time to time and wrestling little things sure. that, you know, people need some time off. and, uh, maybe they've got a six week tour of Japan coming up way back before the internet and stuff. So they'd, you know, get hurt on TV or or what have you. And then they're actually, you know, making money what they're supposed to do. Mm-hmm. And and it all comes out okay. That's what I meant to know that, you know, it's just bad timing that he had it lined up that after we do this angle, um, Gino dies. Uh, yeah. Uh, don't think it was time, you know, time very good no. on, on on either one of them, half, you know. But God, um, anyway.
0: Guess. That was just a steaming pile of shit the way that had to work out. I mean
1: it, it was covering
0: it was covering everybody just fine and then it blows up into them having to treat it like it's it's you know, like treating a death in a in a cafe blindness is the same thing. Then just yeah. just to add salt to the wound, the fucking FBI in Scotland Yard have to look into it. I mean just yeah just a steaming flaming pile of crap right there on your doorstep, you know. <laughs> um oh man. But you know just to, just to get back to the fun things about some of this. The so yeah. Freebird cream obviously was was whipped out, you know, originally by the Freebirds and they would smear it on somebody's head and then somebody would go bald for 6 months to a year cuz that's how long your hair falls out for. Um <laughs> You know, Buddy Jack would run around with, like, a, a, a mop on his head and wrestling ear to and you know. The, yeah. Chris, you know, they do all this stuff. So, anyways, instead of putting it on his head, he smears it in his eyes. And, oh, there's pictures of Chris Adams being led yeah. backstage. And, I mean, they really, yeah. really played it out. And, God, you know. That oh, was yeah. Great. They him getting yeah. out of his
1: car with the glasses and a cane and being assisted, you know, from his car mm-hmm. to his home. You know, uh they really took the angle, you know, pretty damn far. That's, and that's the way it should have been, you know, yep. for the TV, you know. That's
0: why we used so, to believe uh, it was real, you know. Exactly,
1: exactly. Yeah. Oh, man. Well, let's move on to number eight, man. I'll say this. G.O. did not fuck around his interviews and promos, man. That's just number eight was interviews. And uh I think you and I must have caught a couple of the same ones. There's a lot of them out there on YouTube. uh and man I tell you he didn't he didn't mess around. he just got to who he was going to wrestle uh I'll let you tell a couple of the stories that you've got written on here, but you know here's the thing man he I've always said this is is you know if someone else is, is and I was taught this by malenko and and the mass superstar uh when you're doing a promo, you know if the other guy's yelling, you talk you know mm-hmm. if he's talking, you yell thing about chino is. He knew how to elevate his voice and take it up and down. When he was cutting the promo, when he just put over, you know, who he was wrestling, where he was wrestling them at. And basically, he just got himself over. You know, he was like, look at me, you know, yeah. almost like a flare. Um, he was just like, you know, it's all about him. Yeah, he would say who he was wrestling and where they're going to be wrestling at, Sam Houston Coliseum this Friday night or what have you. Uh, but, you know, it was like there was no way you're going to beat me. He might put them over a little bit, but, you know, look at me. I've got the best suits. Uh, the best cars, the best women, Um, he just didn't mess around, man. And he had, you know, I've got the strap, you know, I've got this strap, whichever, you know, promo he was doing at that particular time. Yeah, Um, It's just good stuff, man. Good promos.
0: promos. Uh, Yeah, he was. You know, like a lot of his stuff I hadn't really seen in years or actually probably two years since the last time we talked about him. Um, But most of these I had either never seen or I hadn't seen since I was a teenager, you know. Which, you yeah. know, wasn't that long ago. I mean, you know, let's be real here. A couple <laughs> of years, I know. Yeah. yeah. But, um, yeah, so Gino, he knew how to inflect his voice. He knew how to, you know, he could draw you in with the way he spoke. He was really gifted on a microphone. Um, Absolutely. And he, yeah, and when he did lose his shit, you know, when he starts to get loud and hyper and whatnot, um, it was because... Well, like in one case, I can think of, uh, Paul Bosch was bringing in Lou Fez as the referee because uh, apparently, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. apparently Gina screwed around on the ref to get a title win, uh, down in Houston. And so they were going to bring in Fez to, you know, slap the shit back out of him. Uh, and that's when, you know, he starts getting all spun up. But before then, he was pretty cool and calm and just going with it. Also, Bobby, I don't know if you noticed, but while Paul Bosch was holding that microphone, there was that big wrestling mm-hmm. ring ring on his hand. Yeah,
1: I didn't look. Uh, yeah, I, that's a reference to last week. I guess yep. he was talking about Booker T wearing that ring. Yep. No, uh, I was I was actually focused on uh, Gino and just watching. I did not watch the video. The exact yeah. one you saw is bringing Fez in. I may have to go double check that, but I, I do take your word for that. Um, that was one of the things we talked about last week in the deep dive at the Drake State of Texas uh, Lone Star T- State Wrestling. Um, on that podcast, you brought up that Booker T's to this day still wears Paul Bosch's ring. Okay. Yep.
0: Um, I wanted to, be, I did want to cover this because I thought this was pretty cool. At one point while, uh, Gino was the American champion in WCCW, uh, he was feuding with the Von Erich family, of course, cause that's what the heels do. Mm-hmm. Um, but he took credit for Kevin Von Erich wrestling barefoot. He said he hit him so hard that his gray matter was affected and he couldn't tie his shoes anymore. <laughs> I caught that interview too. I think he pretty much buried Mike in that interview. Oh, yeah. Snapped his shoulder,
1: snapped his shoulder, and ran him home and, uh, threatened Fritz. And, but he also told, took credit for Kevin not being able to tie his shoes. That was like, okay. I mean, then that ties in, uh, really good to your, you know, this guy's character doesn't wear shoes and wrestle shoes, so you just tie it into your promo, man. That's yep. good stuff. Um, it's just, you know, like I said, learning how to get over, and, and as you put it on there,
0: they don't make heels like this anymore, man. No. Um, and was good stuff. Yeah, he was one of those cats that I, you know, if, if you told me that somebody in the audience tried to stab him, I'd, yeah, i I'd totally see it, you know, and that's, the you can't, the heels we have today cannot generate heat like that. Just yeah. that's, that's yeah. the downside to losing kayfabe, is you just can't generate the passion, the heat. And tell the stories you yeah. used to tell, you know. And making it
1: personal, that's what I was gonna bring up about that brandy, you know, uh promo go back to the top yeah or there. Uh, you know, that's like uh Jarrett's and the Tennessee territory. story. If you have, if you had that underlying tension between the two guys, you know, making it real, uh making it personal, that that's when it really means something. And uh Gino had that way about him that he that that was okay face that he made it personal, you know. Um, mm-hmm. A couple of interviews I saw from other guys, they said, hey, Gino was an asshole, man. That's just the way he was. Now, some of the guys, they lightened up and they got to know him and stuff, but he was meant to be a heel. You know, he he was a little asshole around people, and that's the way he carried himself. And so if you come across that way, of course, when you sit at work working relationship and that arrogance is there, that that's the chemistry, man. You got that heel that's already a natural heel who doesn't have to try to be a character or try to be a a bad guy but he already is a heel prick, you know, then it's easier to work with that baby face, and especially he got feeding feed the Von Erics and everyone else, you know, the Adams and the people he worked with, um, all the talented guys he got to work with, just getting him over. That's all he had to do was get himself over, and they would automatically get over. Thus the match would get over. The angle would get over. The houses would come up, and you make money, and that's the name of the business, you know, back, like I yeah. said, uh, before breaking k or what have you. So, yeah, oh, they yeah. don't make him like him anymore,
0: man, for sure. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, people used to go to wrestling to watch the heel get the shit kicked out of them. That's what they were there for, you know? Yeah. Hopefully it was your favorite guy yeah. doing it, but, you know, if not, at least the guy still got the shit kicked out of him. That was, yeah. that was the game, you know? Um yeah. Let's talk about <laughs> number seven here is he had his picture yeah. taken with Farrah Fawcett on her birthday in Houston, Texas. And I kind of laughed. <laughs> okay. So as you folks
1: know, we've got a uh, YouTube page out there. Uh, go to tinyurl.com slash video. It's the one that Tex Johnson has set up. Uh, we don't have access to edit it right now, but they're still, we're not, you know, trying to get it taken down, nothing like that. Uh, but on our top 10 regional heels, we had Gino come in at number 10. What a professor and I last week were talking about Gino. We started asking them each other off the air about this picture of Gino Hernandez and Farrah Fawcett. We were like, I don't know, man. Maybe it's just hearsay. I don't know. Well, of course, Jeremy, being a a computer man, he is. I'm talking to him. He says, Bob, here it is. Gives me a link. There's a picture of Gino showing the pictures of him and Farrah Fawcett in Houston on her birthday. So I go back later this week. I don't know. Uh, Jeremy, we both kind of came from a bad place. Uh things happened in our lives, this and that. And mm-hmm. uh, uh there was a couple of times we had to record the show. Uh well, we might have had a few cocktails in the evening when our oh. schedule would conflict and we'd be like, Okay, uh I can't record it Sunday. Uh let's wait till Monday evening. Well, you're on California time, so I might be four or five or a six pack in by the time you come on but i'm sure you didn't come right home and get right on the computer you might have been a couple in all right so yeah. anyway, long story short i went back and watched the number 10 uh most uh regional heels and it's a hell of a list folks if you ever go back and watch any of them all 10 of them are really good heels uh when you got gino at number 10 that says something but uh tech put the video together there's jeremy i'm listening to the professor talk he's listening to me talk we're not slurring words or anything but there's a whole about one-minute deal where there's pictures of Gino and Farrah Fawcett right there on her own fucking video. And I'm like, just last week, we both were like debating was it even real or not. We had it on our video about a year and a half ago. <laughs> like, I don't know wow. if that was a sign of me getting older or if that's a sign of, uh, you know, maybe at the time we recorded it, we might have just been, you know, too far deep into a six pack. I don't know. Oh
0: yeah. Yeah. But that's, uh... anyway,
1: he did. He, he had his picture taken with her and, um, uh, he liked, he liked to show and tell, as he said, I think he was cutting a promo to do a program, uh, with Tommy Rich, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, and I think Roddy Piper was conducting the interview. Yeah. Um, in that one. He's really putting them over, man. And Gino's really putting himself over too. And, uh, you know, you got to think about that. I mean, he said he, you know, uh, He's a good-looking guy. You know, that's the other thing. But he said, you know, I'm better looking than um, uh, Sylvester Stallone and uh, uh, several other Hollywood, you know, TV and movie stars. But here he is with Farrah Fawcett. Now, did he go out with Farrah Fawcett on a few dates? According to his mom, he did,
0: correct? Yeah, that's what his mom says. Okay. Now, what else have you heard, though? Um, Now, so... We did a little poking around while you and I were just bullshitting about it a week or so back. Yeah, Um, and it looks like Gino was a bit of—I'm hey, going to use this term—and it's going to be crap. but he's a bit of a star fucker, and I, I'm yeah. the same. I'm in that same category. I got pictures with all sorts of people that look—I don't know them, I don't hang out with them, but you know, here's the cast of Star Trek and Doctor Who and you know whatever. Yeah, so I get it especially when you're in a job where you get to just go and say whatever you want to develop your character. Yeah, you take that picture of Farrah Fawcett, whether it was a date or not, but you blow it up into whatever you need it to be.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, you think there's other instances, you know, where, you know, handsome Jimmy jumped up on stage with Bob Seger and and Dusty has and Dusty got up with Willie. And, you know, you take advantage of those situations when you can. So there she is on her birthday. Uh Gino knew a lot of people around Houston. Gino was well known around Houston. So he had the picture who's to say that they didn't have dinner before or after or whatever, you know what I'm saying? Or maybe went on a few dates when she was in the Houston area. Who who's yep. to say? You know. So uh but yeah, um you gotta take advantage of those times I think oh, yeah. too. And he
0: probably did. You know. Yeah. Um, and and for our younger listeners, of which I'm sure we don't have that many, but <laughs> You guys have no idea how fucking hot Farrah Fawcett was during the, seventies. Uh, yeah. Games. He just, yeah, I,
1: I dare say that, uh, the red body bathing suit, man, um, and her little smile there, a little, mm-hmm. uh, that was one of the most popular. That was on every boy from probably age 11 through at least 15 and probably some men had that poster on their wall at some time or another. And if you don't know who Farrah Fawcett is, do yourself a favor and, uh, you know, go back and uh, check her out. She's a pretty nice looking lady, man. Oh yeah. Uh, sex symbol, sex symbol, you know, when they really were sex symbols, not just internet stars or, or, uh, you know, Instagram stars and this and that. I'm talking about legitimate worldwide sex symbols, man. You know, she was one of them, you know, uh, uh, so, and there's Gina with her
0: and getting over, man. Oh yeah. <laughs> so yeah good for 100%. him. 100%. And just, yeah. just so people know, if you go on Amazon, you can get a print of that poster. So. So, you know Still available (laughs) Yep, just
1: saying Well, before we do titles Before we do titles Because the professor is getting ready to do titles Number six Let me just do a little provo myself, man I'm out there, Jeremy You know, I've got Mm -hmm. a couple books If you'd like to support this show in any way possible We'd love to have you The way we do it is um, Just buy one of my books We use some of the money from the books To help promote this show Um, Amazon does give Jeremy and the professor a little bit of a kickback on it. I sell a book and um we both smile. Uh I sold a book in October and I was happy. I sold one book in November so far. I was happy. But I like to sell a shitload more, okay? And I'm sure the professor would like to see some more income coming in as well. But we're not here trying to, you know, milk you for a dime or this and that. I'm gonna tell you this though. If you'd like the show to get a little bit of kickback out of uh to help us out, my books are available on Amazon. The professor set it up, my first book. I, fuck, I'm sitting here drawing blank. <laughs> pin me, pay me, have boostful travel. I'm trying not to, to look at my computer because I only have these notes in front of me. Uh, pin me, pay me, have boostful travel is available. Just go to tinyurl.com slash book one That'll take you right to the link. Uh, and if you purchase the book. And again, uh, Jeremy's Amazon uh, affiliate account gets a little bit of, of cash into it. Uh, he put something back in this program. I get a book sold. I put a little bit back into the program. Okay. I kicked that on too, The Educational Wrestler. That book is available also by using tinyurl.com slash blazebook2. Okay. Now, some people that I know personally, they say, Bob, you don't try to get yourself over on your own show enough. You know what? Because I like having a good time and a good uh interview, a good promo, and a good podcast, and the professor is a big part of that. So we try to do it equally you know so uh if you buy a book that's great um and i appreciate it man but i don't have to get over i got i want this hit me pay me motherfucker buy a book and then that way i'm over because i got done my job and i promoted my book and then professor gets some kickback and you know, we get a little bit to maybe, maybe we'll do some advertising, some real advertising one day. <laughs> Who knows? And we're just a little grassroots podcast, but we're rapidly approaching about ten thousand listens, and I'm happy about that, Professor.
0: Yeah, it's um, you know, it's nice to see these little milestones. Um, our audience, of course, we were gone for six months, our audience shrank. Yeah. But um, you know, it looks like we're slowly gaining it back, and we're we're hearing yes, from we new are. listeners about every week. We hear from a couple new listeners. And, uh yeah, you know, the main reason I'd like to get some income coming in for the show is so I could start advertising, like, on Spotify and Instagram and try to, you know, try to gain more listeners. Um Right. So we can sell more books, so we can work harder, so we can do more cocaine, yeah. so we can sell more books. Oh, Pete! Hey, fade, Damn! <laughs> Man! knows' all um, down over there! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There used to be that uh, drug, like that. Don't do cocaine commercial, and it had the Alice Cooper song. I'm always chasing rainbows. You remember that one? <laughs> I
1: know the song well. Yeah. Yeah. Uh,
0: but uh, where the guys like, hey, I do cocaine so I can work harder, so I can get more money, so I can buy more man. drugs, so I can work harder.
1: <laughs> oh oh man. man!
0: All right. So yes, everybody, get out there. Go to tinyurl. Com slash blazebook one and blazebook two. Buy Bobby's two books. You could also do a little more poking around and Bobby's got another book out there. You know? Well, yeah. yeah, you could find that yeah. one too. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah. <laughs> um, let's go ahead and talk a little bit about uh titles that Gino held.
1: Yes, please do, because I knew this I knew this would be something that you would want to do and I put open on there. I was like, I don't know what we're going to put in there, but at some point I know you could have squished them around and there was a perfect place to drop titles in that. So uh, yeah. let us know about some of the titles that, that Geno had because there numerous titles that he had, man.
0: Yep. So apparently, um, you know, Geno spent most of his career in Texas, but he did venture out here and there. But it looks like one of his earliest stints would have been with the Sheiks big time wrestling up in Detroit. And yeah, I was surprised by that. So was I. And up there, the main title was the, uh, NWA United States Heavyweight Championship, which Gino held. And I found out he actually lost it to the Sheik. So yep. Gino's time with the NWA U.S. title up there was, um, brief, but he had lost it to the boss. So I guess that's okay. But I believe yeah. that was one of his, I believe that was his earliest title held, I believe yeah and that's
1: when he was breaking in and also working as a baby face Uh, yeah because i started thinking i did not ever know Gino to work as a baby face uh he was always a heel but apparently early on his career he did work as a baby face um so and apparently the women did love him of course because his long hair and his good looks and stuff Mm -hmm. but uh, that wasn't his personality as we discussed earlier but anyway keep on going there we got the nwa big time wrestling and
0: world-class championship wrestling what we got there all right, so the NWA American Heavyweight Championship, which was their premier title, he held that four times. The NWA American Tag Team Championship, five times, uh twice with El Gran Marcus, one time with Gary Young, and twice with the gentleman Chris Adams. The title we keep hearing about, yet nobody can ever really find, the NWA Brass Knuckles Championship, he's a one-time holder of that. The NWA International Junior Heavyweight Championship, a one-time holder of that. Um, I believe that was more of a Houston title, I believe, but, uh, yeah, NWA. That's the one that's going to bring in, uh, bring in Say as
1: a special referee. Yeah. Junior yeah. Heavyweight
0: title. Yeah. Uh, NWA Texas Heavyweight Championship six times. NWA Texas Tag Team Championship three times. Once with Jimmy Snooker, once with Pac Song. And once with Bruiser Brody. Fuck man, those are some teams right there. Yeah, man. really? Yeah. Jeez. Okay. NWA World Six Man Tag Championship, Texas version, one time with Chris Adams and Jake Roberts. That's a team right there. Jesus Christ. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the NWA Texas Heavyweight Championship Tournament in 1984. He was the winner of that tournament in Southwest Championship Wrestling. Uh, Tag Team Champion Five. Let me see. SCW Southwest Tag Team Championship, five times yep. with Tully Blanchard. Which and didn't we didn't I say, oh man, what a great tag team Tully Blanchard and Gino would have been if they'd ever worked together and then it turned out that mm-hmm. they and I just didn't know about it. Mm-hmm. Uh SCW World Tag Team Championships two times with Tully Blanchard. Uh um, yeah. and then I know you you ribbed me a little bit when I bring these up, but Pro Wrestling Illustrated ranked him number one sixty two of uh five hundred in the PWI years. It was in two thousand three they gave them that and ranked number sixty five on top tag teams of the PWI year PWI years with Chris Adams. Yeah. No, I
1: I know I, I like to read you about it because I, that PWI years, um I think mine from ninety three two thousand to two thousand three as well. I got listed because I got a magazine um uh um, that year, two thousand and three, I guess it was. I might have got it two thousand and four by the time they roll around. But I was, I was my accumulations. I was able to get a pretty good ranking there, at least in the top five hundred. So uh once I got into it, you know, once I got in there for myself, uh, I broke in like at, you know maybe three ninety or something. Then went to like two ninety. uh, Then went to like two sixty four. Uh, the highest ranking I got was one hundred nine. Man, that's a pretty fucking high ranking. That's, you know, that's so pretty high, high, yeah. Uh, yeah, it got national coverage and international coverage because I got a couple of tours of Japan and stuff out of it. Um, no, it's just, the just when I was breaking in, it, it was kind of a rib to me when, when the way it was explained to me how it works, you know, yeah. But, uh, no, I really, I really admire that. And as a fan, uh, I love PWI as a young, young fan. And even once I got in the wrestling business, I mean, there was a lot of people carrying around in the gym bags and this and that. I mean, uh, deep down we're all, you could say, we're all we're all fans, you know. Um clock oh, marks yeah. if you want, you know, but the bottom line is the boys like that blissy just as much as the fans do, you know, to see their favorite wrestler in there. Um so uh no, I admire that. Those are pretty high rankings for him. Um anyway, with that said, Gino, we're gonna to go to number five. <laughs> Gino was just a good heel man. Um you know, he just like you said, we already covered this up topper really that they just don't make him like you anymore. He just cut yeah. out to be a heel. Um just the way he carried himself. Like I said, several of the guys said, you know, he's this natural asshole. Um and, and that's just the way he conducted himself, man. Um and it's work in the ring. So we're just gonna talk about a few things as to why um uh he was such a good heel. Um I guess I don't know if it started exactly with this turn. But he, 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 uh, turned on his trainer, right? Jose Lothario, is that right?
0: Yep. That's right. Now,
1: again, I don't know if that's what turned him heel, but this is, this is something that happened. So,
0: um, yeah, he, 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 one of my favorites, you know, I still wear the t-shirt from time to time. I broke Wahoo's leg, but I just, yeah, I know you have that. Yeah. I discovered that Gino wore a shirt that said, I broke Jose's arm. Yeah. I uh, saw that. I cracked. I'll yeah, I, I thought that was pretty awesome. Um, I went and I just kind of did some digging around because I wanted to hear what other people had to say about Gino and, and his shtick and his being a heel. And I came across where Brian last and Jim Cornette were talking about him. And, uh, Cornette said that he was a condescending, rich, arrogant Playboy <laughs> heel asshole basically, and he was perfect at it. That was Cornette's thing. And they yep. were discussing him. This is going to come up again later, but they were discussing whether Gino could have been a bigger star than Ric Flair. And that was one of the things that, that he came in with is that, you know, they had that similar character, but Gino really had that character. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, one of the things, and, you know, maybe somebody out there can correct me, but I was coming across, okay, so hair matches have always been a thing, okay? You lose, you get your hair, head shaved, okay? But it looks like Chris Adams and uh Gino Hernandez were the first to bring scissors for every match and always cut their opponent's hair. A stick later taken by Adrian Adonis and then Bruce yep. Barber Beefcake. Yep. And um <clears throat> it looks like they were the, the first to really do that. So that yeah. that, that was that's a huge <clears throat> machine right there, you know. Yeah.
1: I need a quick drink there. Yeah, uh, yeah. Water. I was just gonna say when I didn't want to interrupt you when you run down there, when you talk about Cornette and Last, I, I heard that interview as well uh, about him being arrogant playboy, uh, heel, all that, and whether he could have been more popular than Ric Flair. Uh I don't know if you caught this uh, promo. It just came out about a month ago. Um, it was on Ask Arn. And Arn made a good point, and that was, um, you know, the NWA, and he wasn't just putting over Flair, he was talking with the NWA world champion. Uh, mm-hmm. You just got to understand that in that week, he might be in one town, several different, you know, several nights in a row, uh, three or four different towns, three or four different states away, and then maybe even have an international, uh, uh, belt, a match on there, and then have to fly back and wrestle again in another town in the U.S. I mean, it's just constantly on the road, you know, to be able to keep up with that. And Gino's lifestyle, um Arn wasn't putting them down or anything. He wasn't condescending him. He wasn't putting them over. He just said, that's one of the things to consider. For a great NWA champion, those guys had to travel mm-hmm. so much and then also build their matches were very, uh, uh, 45 minutes minimum, but probably a lot of hour. Uh, if you go back and look at those, uh, you know, from Briscoe's to the Funks to, to, uh, Holly and all that, all those guys to players, hours go through an hour, you know, go through an hour yep. and you have to make that guy look worthy. You know, so you can't just go out there and, and fumble someone. For forty-five minutes or sixty minutes, uh, or take the public. You had to make a competitive, convincing that that when you came to that territory to to make their champion look good, that he was worthy enough of having a a championship title uh, match and hopefully win the title. Um, so I don't know. Um, again, we know what kind of flair, man. That guy's a machine. He he knew right how to do it. He could do it night after night. Do the sixty minutes. He could do the. You know, everyone said if he stayed out late, he was still the first one at the gym the next day. You know, that's just a, a different kind of person. Um, who's to say whether Gino could or could not have held that kind of schedule? I don't know. I personally think he would have been a great champion for the NWA if he could have held that kind of schedule, because I know he could have had those kind of matches, you know. And the way he conducted himself, I think he would have, you know, quote, drawn heat, drawn yeah. money everywhere he went. I do think so. That's just my personal opinion. But I just wanted to kind of put that out there. But like you said, um, he, he played it. Because that's the way he lived it, you know. Yeah. Um, and um, anyway.
0: Yeah. Well, I guess some. You know, up. Uh, I'm sure this will come up again, but Gino lived his gimmick. You know exactly. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you know. Um Yeah, and I did come across that where a lot of people were like the reason why I would say he couldn't out flare Flair is because Gino was kind of not uh, lazy isn't the right term, but Gino wanted to stay in Texas. Gino didn't yeah. want to go all over the place. Gino wanted to like work his territory. And I think it was Cornette yeah. was saying like, you know, three nights a week that Gino's working are within an hour of his house. And you know, yeah. I mean, he didn't have a real hard, hard, uh, uh travel schedule. He was making, was it Cornette said he probably made a hundred thousand or a little over a hundred thousand in the down years. So Gino was yeah. still making money just right there. You're kind of like Gary Hart, you know, like, why yeah. would I go travel if I can do this right here?
1: Right. Well, I saw the. Um, I listened to both predictors interviews too, and Tom said that you know when he's working uh, when he's working for Houston, the main event spot there paid five thousand uh, dollars per night, and there was a time that Gino went almost a year and just worked Houston only on on a Saturday night on a Thirty night show in the main event, uh, and was making five grand. He said that that spot always played between 2,500 and 5,000, and Gino worked his way into that spot, you know. So, mm-hmm. uh, why, why go halfway across the country, uh, for something, maybe half of that amount of money or, or a third of that money or what have you. But, um, hell, like you said, uh, three nights a week, he's driving somewhere up an hour of his home, um, and, and making killer money, and like I said on down years, and that you know you're talking this is nineteen you know late seventies, early eighties money, um, making five thousand dollars in a main event in Houston, you know that's that's pretty damn good money. I don't have the calculator, inflation calculator
0: out, but that's some pretty no, damn good money to be making. Yeah, um, it was but, a shit ball of money, is what it was. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it sure it was. I mean, just pick, picture, I mean, even making five thousand a week now, you'd be shitting in tall cotton all the time. Oh yeah. But um, imagine, you know, at that time period, he could have made a living, a very, um, what would you call it, a very rich living working just Saturday mm-hmm. night in Houston, you know? <laughs> we- yeah, and living that, living his arrogant lifestyle, the
1: playboy lifestyle,
0: That's you it. know. Uh,
1: being single, you know, uh, I did find this, he he was married twice to the same woman, um, just, just you know, those interviews are out there, I, just so you can know it, but. For the most part, it looked, and I think each time uh he was married, uh, it would really last like a year maybe. You know what I'm saying? When a spouse, when you go down, again, I just that was just Wikipedia. Just throwing that out there that he was married to the same lady twice for like a year with maybe a few years in between them being married. I don't know the exact year. Just saying, it looked to me like he must have enjoyed being the playboy you know, and living that lifestyle living his gimmick. I don't think marriage was in his cards, you know. Yeah. Um, and I again, that's not me personally uh making a judgment call or anything. I'm just saying it seemed like the, if Gino was happy going to Houston once a week and uh uh having a hell of a good main event match, making his five thousand, doing whatever he wanted to do the rest of the week, then good for him. He was doing what he needed to do, you know. Um so just saying he he must have been uh, he enjoyed the single life, I think, a lot more.
0: Oh so, yeah, I am. I uh, am sure. I mean, you know, and why not? You got all that money going yeah. around. Um, and you know, like you said, he was living his gimmick. So, you know, yeah. heart palpitations. Anyways, you probably have a fucking blast <laughs> doing it. Yeah, uh, yeah. I uh, mean, we
1: say it's a great heel, and as an example of a great heel, it's going to lead us. We put into that number five leads right into number four. Because there's another couple of good heels in here that, yeah. uh, that Gino was associated with. So even if you got, um, one of those $5,000 payoffs and you happen to be in a, in a tag match, you're still making $2,500. Um, that's a pretty good nights nice work. And I'm sure they had several, uh, probably two to $5,000
0: nights there with a couple of these guys We're going to bring up next. So bring us up, Professor. What was number four? All right. Number four is the dynamic duo. So <clears throat> Gino was in two versions of the tag team with that name. Uh, originally in SCW, yeah, SCW with Tolly, uh, Tolly And, but the more famous version would be at WCCW with gentleman Chris Adams. And they, they were just hated. They're little promo bits. Um, and I don't know, I don't know if anybody else is doing this yet. WCCW would like go meet you in the parking lot or follow you to the gym. They do these like outside area things. Uh, creeping up on your van by a bridge in Dallas. Yeah. I'd still bring that up. Yeah. Uh, but they'd go and, you know, so Chris Adams and Gina Hernandez were going to the gym and they'd pull up in a vet yep. with, uh, with their bags with expensive gym gear and back and they'd head in and get it. And, uh, Chris and Adams. Was so 80s,
1: by the way. Oh, their, much. their gym gear and that music and stuff. It was so 80s. I was loving it. Man, it was funnier. Tonight.
0: Oh yeah, it was I mean it was it wasn't Terry Gordy flipping out over his van kinda of good, but it was it was right up there. No, but I tell you what was though, when
1: there's there's a promo out there and Gordy and Michael Hayes interrupt Gino's promo and they run him off. They said, Get out of here and then Gordy once again takes his shirt off and starts hitting the ground after <laughs> That's what Bill Conn had done to him. <laughs> so it wasn't as funny as the, it wasn't as funny as the banging in the parking lot. But what it is, is it, on YouTube it says, uh, it says Gino Hernandez and Freebird interview. Gino is just finishing up when it comes on. You know, it's like about a two-minute bit. So about for about the first ten or fifteen, maybe twenty seconds of Gino talking about how you know he can't wait to be in Houston on a Saturday or whatever it is. But here comes here comes Gordy and he's like, "Go get out of here!" And then uh, Gordy's like pulling his hair a little bit and. Doing his little bam bam stop, and Michael Hayes is like, you don't do that to us, you don't do that to. Us. And Gordy comes back over, he goes, uh, I I know you did your spike on me, I know the AJX spike too. He takes it off, <laughs> throws it down, man, and he so he goes on the ground, goes back again, and starts wobbling around. There's such a big Terry Gordy, man. Killer Con, I can't believe you done that to. No one does that to us, you know. <laughs> so um, anyway, there's our comedy spot for the week. Once again, brought to you by the Freebirds. Yeah. Uh, but man, it was funnier than hell. So uh, I didn't get to actually, uh, of all the promos I did watch of oh, Gino, that was one of actually, the, it was a little bit mislabeling, you know, of, of your yeah. uh, watches. Uh, it was like, here's 10 seconds of Gino, but this is a free bird uh, promo, you know,
0: did yeah. Killer
1: Con. So well, pretty Killer, funny stuff there, man.
0: The Killer Con bit is just the gift it keeps giving, you know that? Yeah, <laughs> it
1: really yeah.
0: is. But you're,
1: you're right. Uh, they had that way of just sneaking up on you. Uh, we we talk, If you're not familiar with that, what we talk talking about, Gordy, go back a few episodes when we're talking about Dan Bam, Dan Bam Bam Gordy and Bill Mercer comes up to uh, don't touch my van, you know, <laughs> under a bridge there. <laughs> but anyway, uh, but he did creep up on him in a the gym there and there they are and they're, they're, uh, they're kind of Rocky three-ish attire, I guess. I don't know. Rocky that one works. maybe, but uh, with the yeah. headbands and, uh, um more of Rocky, maybe Rocky two. Thing. Yeah,
0: I think that's yeah.
1: that's like Rocky II era, yeah. That's More funny. Rocky II era, yeah. The headbands, the, um, the let's get physical, physical, you know, that whole yeah. thing. They're going to sit up together, man. Um, it's almost like the, uh, the old Memphis stuff when they had the, um, the fabs out there, you know, riding horses and fucking wrestling trunks and stuff and, and motorcycles and stuff. You uh, know, kind of same thing, you know, they're at the gym together, getting out their Corvette with their sunglasses, getting their fancy uh, workout gear on anyway.
0: Yeah, the only thing I ever took from those fabulous ones, uh, the little promo bits, was I got the feeling they bathed together for some reason. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, I don't know, man. Okay. All all right. Right. Let's move on to number three because it'll be yeah. rather
1: quick. Um, so, uh, at one point, he was born as gorgeous Gino. So, yep. Uh, but he mostly was known as the handsome half-breed. I right. thought that was pretty damn cool, man, the handsome half-breed. Uh, and if you go back and watch, uh, like I said, I went back and watched the one that tested it done for us on the YouTube channel. And um I think you call him the handsome heartthrob or something like that. And we call, we finally come to the conclusion it was a handsome half-breed. Yeah. Um uh we start talking about um when he says it I said uh it kinda reminds me of that Cher song, you know, G Tarips and Thieves and whatever it was. And he went, it's a pretty it's actually when we went back, uh, we done one, I won't mention it because this guy's name may come up in the future, uh uh that we're gonna do someone but we've already done a bit part on him in the past. I went back and listened to it, told the Professor, I said, Go back and listen. He knows which podcast I'm talking about we was on that day. We really were. Mm-hmm. Um you know which one I'm talking about. Well anyway, this one here, like I said, the one I keep referencing today, I don't know what you and I was on, or well, we was on something, I, just, I don't know man. Uh, but anyway, it's just really funny cause I'm sitting there singing an old share song, and it's only like a 10 minute video that Text put together, but but thank God it was only 10 minutes of our voices cause we, we were just, uh, we were just we were maybe we when we were doing our regional heels, you know what it was? we weren't gelling together yet, you know what I'm saying? Maybe oh, yeah, that was still kind but of
0: it's, early. It's yeah.
1: it's good. It was early. It's good, but it's also funny just to go back and say, Oh man, uh that that's them guys were just getting started. You could <laughs> But uh yet a handsome half breed, man. I I like that man.
0: Oh yeah. So, uh, you no, know, okay, so yeah, the the share song half breed was uh, hit in the seventies. Um, yeah, you know, we oh, make me sing that again. Cause I, I, I heard how bad I sung it on, this, on the thing two years ago. <laughs> um, but, but you know, the thing is, we're talking about a dude who was, uh, Charles Eugene Wolf was his real name. Uh, I don't, there is not a more English name than that on the planet. <laughs> I mean, that is like born in, that's like born in like Leeds or something. I mean, that is his English Um, <laughs> uh, but you know, it's a half breed, which, it, Half-breed is the term they used to sling on people that were part Indian and part white. And it's, mm-hmm. got, some, it's got some ugly connotations to it. Um, yes, yeah. But, you know, for Gino, he. Let was, me put this out there. I have nothing but respect for Native American, Native American
1: Indians, too. Just so you know, we're just going by this guy's getting into the late 70s and 80s, folks. Uh, don't let any backlash out because if anyone respects, uh, I do. Trust yep. me, I do.
0: Um, you know, my my great grandmother. out my, there. Yeah, my great grandmother was raised in a white orphanage on the Indian Territory in Oklahoma and lied about being Indian. Said, nope, I'm not Indian. I'm not Indian at all. That's what it used to be like to be a half breed. Um, you know, yeah. and Junior Hernandez is like up there. It's kind of like hearing rap guys drop the N word. He's just like, no, nope, I'm taking the name. I'm owning it. I'm running with yeah. it. Yeah. Fuck all. Point you well all. made, right there, man. Point uh, well made. Old. Um, but again, you know, Gino, I think might have been more English than anybody I've ever seen. A Charles Eugene Wolf. That is the English <laughs> yes, Jesus Christ. <clears throat> and, um, and, uh, but so yeah, so Gino got in there and really, he was a handsome guy. Uh, yeah. and, the, and the chicks dug him. And even when he went heel, they still kind of, you know, not von Eric crazy, but they still kind of went crazy for him. So, you know, oh yeah, yeah. I guaranteed
1: his his there's a lot of panties dropping uh in in Dallas and Houston when Gino come you know that oh yeah absolutely uh, yeah, was, you know. he he had his pick just you know you could just about guarantee it, and um he even said and I like this he he was more handsome than uh, uh Sylvester Sloan and um uh, Eric Estrada, you know yeah, so and he you know he he's putting himself over to that arrogance, you know so um yeah he he's uh, there's no doubt he had his way with, um, numerous women. And again, times were different then, folks. Times were different then. Uh, oh, yeah. And he, he might have had a few, you know, he was just a handsome guy. So yeah. he probably appealed. Maybe he was like a Jim Morrison. Uh, he appealed, you know, he had an it factor. He appealed to men and women, maybe. You know what I'm saying? Uh, be, yeah. The men hated him so bad they wanted to kill him because their girls wanted to be with him. You know, yeah. and the girls didn't want to be with him. But he, yeah, you know, he's one of them guys too. That's the thing. Uh, Gino just had an it factor, man. Like, you know, Elvis had it. Uh, James Douglas Morrison had it, you know, certain guys had it. He, he, even though his career was from time, you know, he, he went to the sh- shows in his time a young boy, you know, and, and then starts hanging out more and more 14, 15, 60. Price in at 18. He's got a 10 year career from 18 to 28, uh, and makes a shitload of money. And like you said, probably made $100,000 on a down year, uh, back then. He had a net factor, man. He had a, a good, good body, good ring work, and, a, and a excellent mic, mic skills. All the all the ingredients to make a fucking perfect wrestler. Oh yeah, uh, and uh, you know, um, which should take us to number two, the Million Dollar Man. You know, yeah. right there.
0: Um,
1: <clears throat> tell us about that because I heard that too, and I just was like, wait a minute, that that makes sense.
0: Cause he could
1: have
0: done Well, so, uh, you know, I'm going to have to kind of come at this from a couple different angles to really get my thought. Yeah. This down. So I was listening to Bruce Pritchard talk about the million dollar man, um, well, gimmick, you know, and he was talking about how Ted DiBiase was just a star. He goes, you're sitting in a bar, Ted walked in, everybody stopped what they were doing and looked at him and. That was kind of where the genesis of the million dollar man thing came from. But then as he's gone through that, he says, but you know who could have really done a better million dollar man who was a real million dollar man, Gino Hernandez. Yeah. And you yeah. know, I, there's that thing that I, I had heard somebody say at one time, but I think it was bullshit that that was the million dollar man gimmick was supposed to be Gino. I think what was probably happening was Bruce Prichard was taken out of context. Did somebody heard what he yeah. said. It hurt it a different way, you know. Um, that's
1: what I think too. Um and I but I will say this. I had I had heard it th- because I listened to what Bruce was saying, I think that was taken out of context that, that it was for him or what have you. But I will say this. I think he would have been a great million dollar man. That would have been a gimmick for him. That you know, I I agree with however they got it mixed up. Um I don't think it was for him per se, but if if if, if it were he would have been a great million dollar man, and that's not taking anything away from Ted DiBiase, who, who done it. That character was so over, like, you know, it's wild, man, how over he was. So, uh, but I think Gino could have done it though.
0: Oh, I, I absolutely think it, because he was already part way there as far as just his normal, yeah. you know, just gorgeous Gino was already two thirds of the way to the million dollar man. Um, right. right. Uh, one of the things I wanted to bring up, you're talking about the Stallone and Eric Estrada thing. You yeah. can't tell me that him wearing those aviators wasn't due to chips. <laughs> you can't tell me that. <laughs> um, I know at some point you'd probably bring that up. <laughs> yeah, you, you know, every time you see Gino in street clothes, man, he's wearing some aviators that Paunch would have rocked, you know. And uh, yeah. He has a very, very similar style to Eric Estrada. Now, I was at a comic convention one time where Eric Estrada was at, right? And mm-hmm. when he's got to this day, there's still a gleam that can be seen across the room on his smile. I mean, I'm, oh Chick, man. Yeah, chicks just passed out. He's an older man now and chicks are just passing out when he walks by, you know? Um, yeah, but Gino had that very similar style, that very similar kind of look to him. Yeah. And that was in, that was the thing, you know? So, yeah, that was actually it. But, yeah, as far as the million-dollar man thing yeah. goes, Gino look, Gino was rolling in some fucking cash. Gino had the lifestyle of a rich man. The 80s were yeah. fueled by cocaine, and so was Gino Hernandez. Look, I'm not here to glamorize drug use, but I'm not here to stigmatize No, it. no. Yeah. Right. A lot of people have drug problems. a lot Drugs do good and bad things for a lot of people. But the 80s were very much cocaine-fueled. The show business was all about it. I'm sure the wrestling business it was you know, like you're talking about, these guys have to go work seven nights a week and if you're at the uh, the world champion level, you're working, you know, you could be in Albuquerque one day and Tokyo the next. Yeah. And I'm yeah. sure I'm sure cocaine was a very common um you know, you do a little bump to get a little bump to keep running. I, I I doubt I wouldn't doubt it very much if it was more common than we think. Yeah, I, I'd heard it was the rich man's aspirin back
1: mm-hmm. in the 80s, you know, yeah. so um, uh, just one of those things uh, just came with territory, so to say, you know, yep. um, Hollywood through wrestling through a lot of, of other subcultures as well, man, you know, obviously, you know, rock, entertainment, anything if entertainment you're traveling that much, um, you know, that kind of stuff. But anyway, uh, you yeah, know, we're not here to judge anyone, man. I'm going to say this though. Let's move on to number one. I'm just going to put this out there, uh, because I know we're pressed for some time towards the end of the hour here. Um, I think it's been great, but I, I guess of all things, you know, we've talked about him, how handsome he's been. He's a billion dollar man. I just went with what, what you said there, um, a couple of times. I said, maybe number one ought to be, uh, he was just, cause you did something like this with, um, uh, Gary Hart. And I said, you know what? I, I'm with what you wrote down there. It's like he's just one dapper son of a bitch, man. He just, like you said, he just talked about having his aviators on. You know, he had his he had the suits and the ties, the Armani's. You know, he he was just one that da- uh, dapper son of a bitch. And, and um, I'm just going to kind of um, uh, put that as number one. And, and just you know, what do you think? You agree with me? He could have been. He was just a dapper son of a bitch. Well. Man.
0: Yeah, I mean, I definitely agree with you that he was. because I mean, well, you had it down
1: at number one. You had it down at number one.
0: Yeah, but, you know, Bobby, I've had some time to think about it. And, okay. um, you know, yeah, he was dapper, but, you know, what? I'm pulling out the Freeburg rule.
1: No, no, not the Freeburg rule.
0: Not on oh, yeah. this
1: episode of Gino, man. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'll pull out the what, rule. what do you got? Right. Right.
1: What do you got? What do you got?
0: Gino Hernandez knew how to go out in style. All right, Gino was buried in a platinum casket with two magnums of Dom Pérignon and his American (laughs) Express card. And back then, the American Express card was for high rollers. It was not what it is today, like not accepted anywhere. It was for guys that bankrolled a lot of money and paid it off at the end of every month. So Gino was buried. Gino was buried like an Egyptian pharaoh. Man, I mean. (laughs) So if there's an afterlife, hell, he may still be out there with uh,
1: champagne and a Samaritan Express card going crazy on cocaine. That's it. That's it. (laughs) He could have faked his own death, like you said, me. He may be hanging out with Elvis right now, uh, who is um, uh, hanging out with Marilyn Monroe, who is hanging out with JFK. You know what I'm saying? They're probably on some fucking island right now uh all partying together who knows you know oh Jesus <laughs> Oh yeah. man a free bird rule you got me man way to go out <laughs> platinum casket Don Perry hurry on <laughs> it is American Express card man
0: yeah wow you
1: got <laughs> me that's a good one there you don't <laughs> go out <laughs> get your you snacker not go out yeah. <laughs> yeah that's the way to go out man Yeah. oh shit well, I know we got to wind things down, but also I know you put on here, and I like this, you've added a couple closing questions. Why don't you bring those up, and um we'll kind of maybe get rolling out of here real quick.
0: Yeah. Well, so, you know, because there was so much mystery and rumor and whatnot with Gino, I just wanted to pose a couple questions to our fans and our listeners and just say, you know, you've heard what we think about it. You know, what do you guys think? I mean, was Gino murdered? Did he fake his death? What do you guys think about that? And also, I have a question for everybody. Bobby, I don't know if you uh, have heard this one yet, but it's one that I've seen posed a lot that I'm interested in hearing everybody's take on. Would Gino Hernandez made a good member of the Four Horsemen?
1: Man, I thought that was an excellent question. Um, You can hit Jeremy up at the Geekish Cast. Hit me up at Blaze 744 But I'd really like to see or hear from a lot of people hitting us up on the Bell to Bell Blaze on Twitter, or if you're in the Facebook group there, Bell to Bell uh, Blaze. I really personally, from our fans, because I do get some feedback from our fans, um, that it's just a, I think we got a very intelligent fan base uh, for wrestling, you know, mm-hmm. and I would love to hear what everyone's take is, would Geno uh, have made a good member of the Four Horsemen? My my answer is I think 100% yes. Um, I think he Excuse me. I think he would have been a great, uh, member of the Four Horsemen. Um, you know, I, that's just my opinion. I don't know if he takes someone's place, if he's one of them, uh, with him and Tully, you know, is it, is it him and Arn? Um, you know, I always liked it when it was, uh, Tully and Arn and, 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 BW with Flair. That's just mine. Yep. But I think it, uh, you know, somewhere in there, um, Tully, Tully, I don't, you know, with him would have been a better fit of him and Arn. I don't know, you know what I'm saying. I'm just saying this. I do think he would have been a his lifestyle, horseman lifestyle, the way he dressed, horseman dress, you know, the way he could work, you know, the way he carried himself, and also having a strap like they all had, you know, uh, you know heavyweight title, the tag team champion, the TV champion, all the titles. He would have had a title. Uh, to carry around and the way he carried himself, he'd have fit perfect in that four horseman lifestyle. That's just my opinion. Um, but I don't want to see one kicked out of a horseman. I like, I like the horseman uh, gimmick, of course. And I just think he'd have been a great horseman.
0: Yep. Well, let's, so, okay. Cause, cause Tully, in an interview I watched, Tully said they tried to get Gina to go to the Carolinas. Yeah. And, I heard yeah. that too. Yeah. And so what picture this now. Okay. You got your original horseman lineup. Okay. Mm-hmm. Gino doesn't die. Ole rolls out of the horseman. They bring Gino in. So you got Flair. That's where I was hoping you was going. Yep. Yeah. Flair, Arn, Tully, and Gino. And, uh, yeah. um, besides, you know, like my, my, my favorite version is the original. Yours is the one with Barry, but I'd say it's probably stronger yep. with Barry. But I'd say this would give you a run for your money.
1: I, I, well, I was going to say if that, if that were, the, if, if Ole would have rolled out of there, and they put Geno in there. Had things been different, I think there's your perfect four horseman right there. Yeah, um, you're, you're you're right. Then you know you can roll through. You know, so and so comes in, or exits and so and so exits, and this and that through your angles or personal differences or what have you. Why people come left? But yeah, I, that would have been a great, great four horseman right there. You're you're exactly right. I did hear it. Where Tully said, you know, he tried to get him to come to Carolina, so he just wouldn't. Um, but it goes back to why would you? He's already making all that money in yeah. Texas and he's, you know, one to three hours from home each and every night. And he's probably on a road one to three times a week. And that's it too. So, uh, um, living in a lap of lecture, if you will, and living his lifestyle, doing his gimmick, like we've talked about throughout the podcast. Um, so yeah, that would have been a great, um, four horseman right there. And perfect. That, that That's why I would like to see that too. Um, unfortunately, that's not the way things rolled out. Uh, but I will say this, I, I, as we're winding things down, I hope everyone enjoyed this podcast. I know our voices kind of uh, seem crazy. I'm even in a different room today uh, and where I'm recording on the phone. We are on phones. Uh, I have no Wi-Fi. It was coming and going. Um, very windy here. So, uh, But the main thing is I think all week, Professor and myself, we looked really forward to doing this podcast because we knew we'd have so much fun with it. Um, and I know the way we did it, like I said, we went back a couple of weeks and we done Gary Hart's. We've done a manager, just kind of give you guys an idea, just teasing here a little bit. Then we done the territory, the great uh, state of Texas. And then we've done one of the stars from that territory with Gina Hernandez. So you can look forward to the rest of season
0: six, but we got it lined out pretty good. And I'm feeling real confident about this season, professor. Yeah, this, this one, you know, when we stumbled across how we were going to do it, I mean, I guess we might as well just talk about that real quick.
1: Oh, I'm yeah, yeah,
0: do, yeah. Yeah, we knew we were going to do Gary Hart, but we didn't know what what yeah. to follow it up with. And then as we were getting ready to do the Gary Hart one, I'm, I said, fuck it. What do you think about just doing the history of Texas as as a wrestling state? Just, you know, hit that. And you were like, yeah, that sounds good, but what do we do to follow that up? And that's when you're like, Gino Hernandez. And we're like, oh, so what if we build the whole season like that? Yeah. so. That's what that's what the rest of the season holds. We've got it all plotted out. Um we do have some holidays and things in there, so there's gonna be um well, you know, in two weeks is the uh the first annual WKRP uh turkey drop. So we're gonna have to take <laughs> take some time for that one. You're right outside of Cincinnati. Are you gonna go to that? Nah, I don't know, man. I I still wonder if a turkey can fly or not. <laughs> no, okay. I'm pretty sure they can.
1: Um, I think they can fly. Yeah, uh, you know, I don't know. I got uh, maybe I should go down there. We'll see. We'll
0: yeah. See. <laughs> um, but so yeah, the rest of the season we've got kind of planned out that same way. We're going to do a. Was it a manager, a territory, and a wrestler? Was that how we're structuring it? Yes, sir. Yeah. Yes, so sir. this is going to be a fun season. Really looking forward to it. Uh, but yeah, guys, let us know. What do you think? I mean, what was, what are your thoughts on Gino? Some of the, the rumors about him. What do you made a good member of the four horsemen? Bobby, you got anything you want to close up on? Oh man. Oh, look, man, this has been a fun episode. It's been, it took us an hour and a half
1: to even get going with all the, uh, with modern technology, but hopefully this all comes out and comes out good. Uh, people, you know, man, there's people still getting sick and people still dying out there. So, uh, you know, just if you have to go out, Wear a mask, practice your social distancing, wash your hands, man. And, uh, just stay, stay safe and stay strong. Um, that's what I'm going to try to do. Um, I don't know if it's the best advice I can give anyone. It's just this, you know, stay strong, stay safe. That's what I tell a lot of people. And I'm just texting back and forth throughout the day or what have you or whatever. But, um, also, and I, I, I speak about this every week, um, or to a little bit about it, take care of your own mental health too, man. Sometimes I got to run through things my own self mentally and uh sometimes you just gotta say man don't beat yourself up so hard uh it's trying times everywhere um or you know there's a pandemic going on or whatever it may be uh at the end of the day you gotta say you know hey man um you know take care of yourself take care of your mental health um and however you do that each to each their own i'm just saying uh don't beat yourself up over it and be kind be kind to each other but also be kind to yourself man um and I know people probably get tired of saying, Bobby, why do you always say that way? Because it's kind of a reminder to myself as well, Jeremy, because sometimes mm-hmm. I'm my own worst enemy, you know. And uh, I just beat myself up. But you know what? You don't need to judge yourself so hard. Don't need to be so harsh on yourself. And don't talk down yourself. If you can learn to do those things, it does help you throughout the day uh, or, you know, to, to, to lay down at night saying, you know what, man, um, You're you're doing all right. Just keep doing your best. Keep doing your best every day. So that's um, that's just what I want to close out on, man. And, um, hell, we're halfway through November, so uh, let's just see what happens, man.
0: Yeah, yeah. this year. I hate to blame things on a year, but 2020. I hate to see it go yeah. by so quick because I feel like I'm losing a year, but I, I can't wait to see this year come to an end. This son of a bitch needs to be walked yeah. off a gangplank into the middle of the ocean. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, Take us out of here, Professor. All right. Well, everybody, for Tex Johnson, Bobby Blaze, sorry, for Tex Johnson and Bobby Blaze and myself, Professor Jeremy Vilmer, bye-bye, everybody.